refugee crisis, all, all this bullshit happening everywhere, the root of that evil goes back to our actions, whether they were righteous or not. You know what I'm saying? And, I'm, and again, I was there, dude. So if anyone has questions about that, you know, we can talk about it. But at the same time, like 16 years of fucking fighting, man. And both Brian and I can agree that, dude, there were multiple times, multiple deployments where this shit was done, dude. 100%. It was over. But the war machine goes forward, right? So what, and I am on that level, dude, we need to be nationalistic. We need to fucking focus inward. We need to fucking find a way to heal this fucking nation because, dude, I don't know if it's too many seasons of The Walking Dead or what the fuck, but Americans want to kill motherfuckers, dude. And it's like, again, hey, brother, there's a war going on. You want to get your gunfighting on, go serve. But we're still at a point where less than 1% of our nation's population is currently serving in the military. You know? This is Conventionally Unconventional, a Warriors podcast. This podcast will explore a wide array of issues connected with the military, society, security, entrepreneurship and philanthropy will attempt to put you in the mind of an American fighter and patriot, the minds of the soldiers who have destroyed and conquered, killed and maimed, and now decide to create. The mind of patriots who are finding purpose in a life after military service. Today's conversation is between two of America's most experienced. Brian Myers is a 13 year veteran of the US Army Special Forces. While in the military, Brian deployed eight times to combat zones, including three trips to Iraq, working directly alongside Iraqi Special Operations Forces. Brian also went five times to Afghanistan. These combat experiences have provided Brian a wealth of knowledge in leadership, human terrain, and negotiating incredible logistical and operational challenges. All of this has allowed Brian the ability to grow multiple companies, both for-profit and not-for-profit, which allow Brian to follow his passions and help him to leave the world in a better place than how he found it. Brian's companies include Razor Black and the World Is My Country Foundation. Razor Black creates products that help support the Iraqi Special Operation Forces. In the last year, Brian traveled to Mosul to support the Iraqi forces during their fight with ISIS, Daesh. Raise the Black will also be partnering with Warrior Woven to provide jobs for widows of the Iraqi Special Forces units who fought alongside Brian in Iraq. Through the World Is My Country Foundation, Brian uses his unique expertise to help organise relief to disasters all around the world. Brian also hopes to use the organisation to create a long-lasting economic change by creating economic opportunities for those less fortunate than himself. Kevin Tretter is a veteran of the US Army and spent a 22-year career in the Special Forces. Kevin is a combat-decorated Green Beret who has also been deployed many times to both Iraq and Afghanistan. On October 4th, 2008, in Sada City, Iraq, Kevin, a senior member of his detachment, was infiltrating enemy territory to conduct sniper operations against the Mahdi militia when the helicopter he was on board crashed into another helicopter. Knocked unconscious and thought to be killed in action, 
Kevin rose from the destroyed helicopter, covered in blood and diesel fuel, and immediately began to extract his fellow teammates. Refusing treatment and stubbornly attempting to continue the mission, Kevin eventually collapsed from injuries he sustained and was medically evacuated to Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Kevin was later diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury and a severely injured cervical spine. An unconventional soldier in search of an outlet to calm the internal dialogue and emotional baggage that only a gunfighter can understand, he discovered his new passion, knitting. Now Kevin has formed Warrior Woven LLC, a knitting company that specializes in hand-knit minis, handcrafted, ruggedly designed, knitted skull caps. Kevin employs US military members, veterans and active, and their caregivers to knit the signature headgear. Kevin hopes that Warrior Woven will bring healing to veterans who might also find peace through knitting. We decided to talk about a topic today that was a little bit controversial and different from what's in the news right now. We decided to talk about a topic that's been argued around dinner tables for a millennia. So today we're talking about religion. The following is a discussion that took place between Kevin and Brian. They discussed their relationship with society and God, how war drove them closer to God but further from religion, and how they have found healing from the scars left by war. Enjoy. Our nation is further and further, has never been so far away from God, right? As a whole. <laughs> yeah. Less than 50% of, of white Americans even go to church anymore, right? But yet, everyone that, you know, brings it up, you know, is bringing up it as a religious fucking war. And, and the, the scary thing is, it, it absolutely is for the jihadi terrorists, it is a religious war. But who's fighting for us? Right. Like, who's representing the Christian base or or the Catholic base, or the Protestant base, or the, you know, God only knows, the Southern Baptists, or the uh, Latter-day Saints, or the, you know what I'm saying? We're, again, we're so splintered and fractured to what is the commonality that we are even holding on to anymore, you know, as a nation. And that goes back into the statement I made as far as it being a transfer of responsibility to a, a new uh, majority ruling group, you know, and that's what, you know, a lot of people are going to have to kind of come to terms with. And are we going to do it with grace or are we going to do it through warfare? You know, yep. and you see it overseas with Sunnis and Shiites. Dude, and that's only two different religions. And these are people that actually go and and, and uh, practice their faith versus uh, America, where I'm not saying we're a faithless nation, because I believe there's more people like me than there are those who go to church anymore. Um but at the same time, if we're not unified, you know, the fear mongering is going to continue to perpetuate and we're going to continue to be pulled apart from uh, potentially beneficial relationships as a nation, you know, within our nation. Um, and, and I consider myself a man of faith, but yet at the same time, I don't prescribe to the bullshit that the Catholic Church has been presenting over the years, right? Um, from the pedophiles and sex scandals to, um, you know, just kind of the guilt-based, uh, you know, prophecy that 
you know, a lot of Catholic priests kind of weigh on. But look, look at look at Erbil right now, man, uh, Kurdistan. Right now, we're dealing with a referendum, and they're voting for their rights to be uh, their own nation, man. And they're already there's already attacks between. Like, they literally haven't even fucking finished destroying ISIS. And they're already fucking killing each other. From Kurds to fucking Sunni to Shia. It doesn't fucking matter, man. And, and that's disheartening that we can't look at a living example of where we're going in that region and not realize we're in the same fucking boat. And, uh, you know, I've often said that you can plot a timeline where we, uh, if you plot it on a timeline when we started separating uh, church and, and life and on the same timeline you plotted uh, an uprising of criminal activity and negativity in our country it would coincide you would see a complete 100% relation between going away from God and going away from uh, in, uh, criminal mischief now I'm not saying that from somebody that is preaching I'm saying that from the fact that we don't have an ultimate consequence and that was one of the biggest things about religion whether you are very religious or not Nobody can deny the fact that having an ultimate consequence would make you second-guess your fucking decisions and establish that moral compass in you. Uh, it's not to say that you can't do the same thing as uh, an atheist or whatever. Uh, that has nothing to do with the actual religion by name. It has to do with the fact that society needs some type of moral compass. And what the problem is, is when we, when we separated from church, uh, we never re recuperated a fucking moral compass. Uh, we never established, hey, this is righting wrong. Uh, I, I am a, a God-fearing man. I, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Muslim. I, I believe 100% in, in a superior being. Uh, and I'll leave it just that. I don't preach to anybody. I don't do anything else. I just I have my belief, and it doesn't matter what you believe or vice versa. Well, do, you, do you think, um, and I'm kind of asking it, and it's a baited question, man, but what we experienced in combat, did that, Strengthen your faith or, or weaken it? 100% uh, strengthened. Uh, and I, I'll say that emphatically into the day I die. Uh, and I can tell you the specific reasons why I believe 100% that I don't control my own life. Uh, I stepped on an ID that didn't go off, that I personally checked as a fucking 18 Charlie. The batteries checked out, the wiring checked out, everything fucking checked out. There was no reason that fucking ID shouldn't have gone off. It just didn't go off. Uh, I had an RPG flying at me and Matt DeVault. Uh, in Operation Medusa, it should have fucking taken us both out. The last second, for some fucking reason, it went fucking left. So, uh, you know, I, I have plenty of reasons in my personal life. Uh, I'll, I often joke that if I was a cat, I'd be dead. But it was 100% truth. Uh, I can name every single one of them. It, it kind of bothers me at times. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, it did 100% strengthen. It strengthened my belief in, in a superior being. It weakened my beliefs as a Christian. Uh, yeah, if right. that makes sense, uh, I, I, no, has, I no longer believe that. I, I actually believe that we all believe in the same fucking person. We just all get pissed off at what you call him, so or him, her, whatever. I don't give a shit. No, I am um, with you there. To where when when uh, the war first kicked off, and uh, our first, my first trip was in two thousand two. You know, I had I carried a Bible with me. I had my Saint Michael prayer card. I had my Saint Michael medallion. Um, I went to church is, is, you know, every weekend I grew up, you know, as an altar boy, elector and so on and so forth. And, and I, I share my, my, um, 
journey, for lack of a better term, my evolution of warfare, my personal evolution, where, you know, initially it was righteous and it was just, and, and, uh, and you know, when we took it to him, we took it to the right people, and, and, uh, and we did what was necessary, and, and, you know, I would come home, and I would go to confession, and I would go to mass, and, and life would carry on, and then, uh, you know, uh, stepped away from Afghanistan, went to a different unit, and then uh, started to hit Iraq, and it was a different fight in Iraq, um, and it, you know, and it was much more brutal, and it was much more vicious. And um, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have the stomach for it, but I, I couldn't find the justification for what I was, I was being called to do, right? Um, and I went to confession, and I was denied uh, forgiveness uh, by a Catholic priest, Father Gall, uh, in, in Hope Mills, North Carolina. He was a piece of shit. He was around a Harley Davidson. Uh, he was. He told me he couldn't forgive me for my sins, and that's when I, um, I truly stepped away from the Catholic Church, and and then I began to uh, kind of fail a little bit and almost fear God because again I'm still a man of faith. I believe in a higher entity just as you do, um, just not I'm not you know someone that literally translates the Bible. I just live my life the best I can live and, and try to get through it the best I can. Um, but again, you get into that pickle right to where. Um, what we were given was a responsibility. Um, but I saw the manipulation of man through both the church and through, through the state. And I started to be concerned that, hey, am I being manipulated to be used as an instrument of war? And did I condemn my soul because the priests wouldn't even forgive me? And it, and it caused a lot of turmoil to where it pushed me to the point of almost being out of control um, of, you know, a level of aggression that was unseen and unmatched, um, a mindset that was never healthy. Um, and, you know, just kind of focused on personal destruction um, almost to the point where I was tempting God, right? Yeah. And, and it did. It, it continued to push me further and further away. So, I mean, and then, you know, and I, t I share this with people where, you know, again, there was righteousness in the beginning, and then at a certain point, I was just there for the fight. Yep. Um, and it was personal, and it was, and it was, uh, and it was, it was, it was vicious. And then, uh, I think I had a couple uh, close calls. Lost, you know, we lost some really good people along the way, and then you have these moments of of sobriety to where you you go back and you feel his presence, right? And you feel, um, you know, whether it's the chills or I don't even know how to describe it, but you feel the presence, and um, you know, you start to reflect and, and look inward, and then you know, kind of not necessarily change your ways, but try to try to find center, right? Try to get back to, to who you are and who you were more importantly. And, um, and then, you know, that, by that point the, for me, uh, that was retirement. And so there was never a clean finish. There was never redemption. There was never anything that was, um, in my mind, truly accomplished by, by the actions I took. And, um, just this summer, one of the most powerful things that was ever said to me, um, and he's my uncle who said it, you know, and I shared the same story with him. He's like, uh, for what it's worth, I forgive you. And it, and it was just, again, one of those moments that was life changing and, 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 and transformative, you know, um, to the point where, you know, like now I have a little ritual with my kids and, and, and it's not to say this because the fucking national anthem is being protested, but dude, the only songs I know are the Star Spangled Banner and the fucking Ballad of the Green Beret, right? <laughs> so that's, that's the bedtime songs my kids get, right? And it's kind of cool, but, um, 
you know, the Valley of the Green Beret is hard to get through because of how much it means to us. And then same with the Star Spangled Banner. But now it's to the point where my children who have not been raised with God are beginning to pray with me at night. Um, and we pray for, you know, friends and family and it's simple, but it's, it's, it's purposeful, you know, and, um, again, this is where getting back to knitting, you know, uh, being able to kind of share in this dialogue and, and have this open and honest conversation about, uh, very personal aspects of my life is would typically not happen. You know, I think I, it, you know, I wrote an Instagram post about my weekend in Berkeley where there is an acceptance to, um, to the, you know, I have to accept the wicked, you know, part of me to really um, enjoy uh, the good in me. Yeah. And, and, and I'm finding that, you know, the more I accept the wicked, the less there is in the sense to where um, I am still capable, I'm still qualified, but it's not out of vengeance and it's not out of spite, it's out of purpose. Um, and I, the only reason why I've been able to find that type of rationale is because I've accepted God back into my life. 100%, man. And, and I'm with you on that. You know, I have spent, uh, I'm actually really late on getting back with him. I've spent the last year and a half uh, emailing a pastor I've met randomly. Uh, well, as random as you want to say it is, uh, depending on your beliefs. But, uh you know, I had a lot of questions, man, and this dude opened up his, his time to me, and uh, even though he's up North Texas and I'm down in South Texas most of the time, we email constantly, and he lets me vent, he lets me question, and he, he answers, and there's answers I believe, and there's answers I question, and, uh, you know, I, I have my own deep thoughts on that as well, man, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what people don't understand is my beliefs in God have nothing to do with somebody's book, it has to do with what I feel. And I can say that 100% in my soul, I know that I, I, it, I can't explain, and I'll never be able to explain why I believe. And to me, that's how I know I'm right, is it, I feel it in my inner soul, man. And, and when you talk to some people about it, they think you're fucking crazy, but I feel it. And I, I felt it as soon as I realized it, I felt what was going on with my life. And the same way that it goes with helping people moving forward, man. I know my path. I, I know where I'm supposed to go in life. I know that you know i have done some crazy shit in combat man and, and you witness it and you've been there beside me in some of it bro and uh, by a lot of it and uh you know the best feeling i've ever had in my entire life was crossing the border into fucking oman heading to yemen uh in a fucking range rover by myself going to fucking help the yemenese fucking leaving and fleeing fucking the country man and knowing that I was alone and I was doing it. <laughs> it was that sense of like, holy fuck, dude, I'm really doing this. This is awesome. Uh, I, I don't need anybody's authority. I don't need anybody's blessing. I know what I'm doing is the right fucking path. And I drove down there by myself and I lived on my fucking vehicle. And it was taking all my life experiences and, and everything that's happened. And it, I realized it all at once, man. It was on that trip in Oman. I realized everything that in my life had happened for a reason and everything forward is for a reason. Uh, living on the gun truck for days on end, fucking killing bad guys. Uh, you know, it it led me to this of helping people. And when you go back to the uh, embracing that fucking wickedness, that em embracing that violence, man, I'm a thorough advocate of embracing violence. I take pride in the fact that I embrace violence. I take pride in the fact that I know when shit hits the fan, my people can rely on me. 
I know for a fact that when the fucking shit hits the fan, that I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to panic. I'm going to do what's necessary to sustain a fucking survivability. And my friends are the same way. And I, I come from a fucking brotherhood that gets it. And I know I can trust to have my back and aren't going to freak out when the next, the, all those times hit. And I, I'm grateful for that. As much pain as I have in my life because of it, I'm grateful for it. And uh, the reason I'm grateful for it, man, is there are shitty fucking human beings. <laughs> there are yeah. very shitty human beings out there that embrace violence for the simple fucking fact that they love violence. And there's dudes like us that I don't want to do violence. I would rather live in this Shangri-La that doesn't exist. I'd rather fucking be able to sing Kumbaya and smoke some fucking weed and, and just be chill every fucking day of my life. But that's just not the society we live in. Because at the end of the fucking day, there are shitty human beings. And there will always be yeah. shitty human beings. And it's people like us that... that I hate the fucking sheepdog reference. I, I hate it. Sorry, Tim Kennedy. I fucking hate the sheepdog reference. But uh, uh, they're, we're needed, man. And it, it's we were put here for a reason. People that are very fucking good at violence. That accept the fact that we're very fucking good at violence. But we don't live that life if necessary. Uh, I mean, that, that's what I found this weekend, man. Like in Berkeley. What, what brought me calm, what brought me the confidence to operate in that type of situation. Right? And again, going in back into Berkeley after being a part of the initial riots and all that bullshit was the fact that, like, I can, but I don't have to, right? Yes. And, like, dude, so I got these, I mean, like, I'm, I mean I'm not even say anything just to sort of, pop, I mean, just fucking scuzzy, scuzzy people, man. Like, these the street urchins, you know, these gutter punks that are just fucking filthy and riddled with needle marks and so on and so forth. This is what represents the far left as far as the Antifa goes, right? So anyways, I'm there and I'm saying please and I'm saying thank you. I felt like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, right? Like, <laughs> just be nice, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it's it's not, you know, it's not that typical like fucking, hey, I'm gonna fucking crank up some Pennywise and jam jam to bro him and dream about fucking, <laughs> fucking kill you. It's the fact that I know I can kill you and I'm choosing not to. I know I can fucking bring you great harm, but I'm not going to, you know? And having that ability to where it's not, it, it's my mission. It's not your mission, right? Yep. All I had to do right there was to protect someone of purpose. And when I say a purpose, Milo has a message that is worth being heard. You know what I'm saying? Um, very much so. And, and and with that being said, he's worthy of that type of protection. He's worthy. It's the, this isn't the individuals that he surrounds himself with are not the thugs. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they are the people that can fucking flip the switch and get the work done, but they don't have to be there 100 percent of the time. Right. And that's that's the elegance of of our capacity for violence, you know, and it is to the point to where I, I feel through that then greater purpose in the person that I was and have become, if that makes any sense. Oh, 100% um, brother. So it's, it, it, it's just really neat. And again, this is, this is like, it is, it's, it's powered by fucking weed and knitting almost, you know, and it's, you know, well, dude, you take, all right. So, uh, since we're being open and shit, so, you know what? At that Iraq trip, you know, I went to Missoula and hung out, and uh, it was pretty fucking awesome to be accepted by the units that we trained, and I didn't have any... The beauty of that trip was I had no U.S. backing. It was me and my partnering force, dudes that trusted me because of the shit that my unit did, our unit did. I didn't know these guys, but they knew me as a B-23 guy. They knew that I was part of the guys that gave them the life that they have right now. 
that was it. I didn't have any Americans. I didn't have any fucking foreigners. It was me linking up with foreigners in their country in ISIS-controlled territory. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a beautiful thing to be taken in, like part of the family, man. And being there was powerful. The relationships I made was powerful. And I don't know what the answer is, dude, you know? I don't know what the answer is. Because everyone's fucking hung up on, on President Trump. Who gives a fuck? It's one person, dude. You know what this should do? This should wake you up for 2020. If you don't like President Trump, <laughs> you act in your local politics. National politics is bullshit, dude. They're just sucking you in for a new narrative. And, and again, I'm one of those guys to where, despite serving in, in the military for 22 years, I am not very trusting our government because it is way too big, right? And I think we can agree that and once we step out of our borders, America, America, as far as our administration and its policies, are what is wrong in this world, you know? Losing the, the two little girls was powerful. It was a reminder of what we do uh, and why we exist. But the thing that I've never shared with anybody uh, was one of the most powerful things to happen in my life happened on a trip, and it wasn't in Iraq. It was in Jordan. And uh, on the way home, I got, I got stuck in Jordan for a day and a half. And... I won't go into reasons why, but you can imagine I left a fucking war zone. So, uh, I was in Jordan, and I elected to, after working with their government, I elected to go ahead and stay as a tourist <laughs> for a day, and I did. And uh, so, I took advantage of it, and I went to see all the biblical sites. And, uh, and this is coming from a guy that had lost his touch with with religion, but just believed in God. And I went to a Jesus baptism site. I went to Don the Baptist, uh, Don the Baptist Church and uh, every other site in between. Anything that was in Jordan, I, I went to. And uh, it was fucking powerful, bro. And the thing that stuck out, and it, it was a very powerful moment in my entire fucking life, happened on that trip just a few months ago. I walked into John the Baptist Church, and uh, there's a fucking painting up on the wall, and it's uh, Archangel Michael. But he's fucking broken. It's just, it's just normal fucking human being type figure. But it's the Archangel Michael, and he's got his wings, and he just looks like this broken old man. But it's the Archangel Michael, <laughs> you know? And uh, it was very fucking powerful to me. And not that I'm a fucking Archangel or anything like that, but it, it just it reiterated this fucking message to me that we all have our job, we all have our purpose in life, and this is yours. Uh, it was a, it was well, a very inspiring moment, man. You and I personally are changing that, that, that dialogue and that narrative, though, and it is almost if I dare say saintly in that sense, to where we're not the typical knuckle-dragging pipe hitters that exit service and continue the braggadocious, chest-beating, fucking kill-em-all attitude, you know? Um, we've, we, know that we know what was right, we know what was wrong, um, and we know where we can truly affect change. We're, we're solutions-based, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're not just sitting there bitching, we're actually moving forward with something, you know what I'm saying? When I picked up these knitting needles and I found literally a way out, man, I mean, without, you know, speaking and sounding, you know, all cliches, like, holy fuck, man, you know, I've sat through, and you and I both saw the same doc, right? Like, we've sat through, what, fucking um, prolonged exposure therapy and this type of therapy and that type of therapy, and it's based on a fucking bullshit, fucking PTSD fucking profile that the gunfighter is not, you know? I mean, I, I recently came across Tim Kennedy's article on PTSD, a post that he did, but it was like from last year. And part of me was like so fucking pissed. But at the same time, I mean, again, like what affects us, the gunfighters, 
is much fucking different. You know, there's nothing post about it. It, it, it takes from you from that point forward. And I know for me, um, what I seek in life is, is redemption from that, you know, in the sense to where you want to bring other guys on board because I know the experience that I found was, was transformative and it allowed me to find, find inner peace to the point to where um, teaming up with you made perfect sense to where now, hey man, not only can we affect positive change for these veterans, but we can demonstrate to them that, hey, we're going back, we're making right by the destruction we fucking were a part of. Thank you for listening to Conventionally Unconventional, a Warriors podcast. We look forward to talking to you soon. Goodbye.